and welcome to the Farmers I Know podcast. I'm Carolyn Hershon. This is the show dedicated to conversations with people that are growing food to nourish their communities. The farmers I know let their values on how the earth and people should be treated lead the way. Today's guest is Susanna Wheeler, the farm director at New Roots Community Farm in Fayetteville, West Virginia. I connected with Susanna through a mutual friend I used to live with back when I lived in Oakland, California. My friend relocated to West Virginia with his wife, and they're part of a super outdoorsy community growing in the region because of its access to incredible nature. In addition to an appreciation for the region's natural beauty, a lot of young people in the area are interested in the community building potential of living in a small rural place. Susanna is definitely one of those people that cares about bringing people in this community together. And she isn't new to the area. She knew the owners of the land that New Roots is on way before she became the farm director. Susanna put together the connection between growing food, the environment, and social justice early on. I got into it, I think, in my late teens. Uh, I was, like, really into politics and, like, reading about all of the terrible things that are going on in the world. Yeah. Uh, and I just come across some books and started reading, I think, like, some Michael Pollan books when I was, like, 17 and 18. And um, pulling back the veil on food system issues and agricultural issues. And I got really into reading about that. And then I got excited about the potential to, like, generate positive change from changes in our agricultural system and how that is influences a lot of, like, environmental and social and kind of economic issues. So I thought that was cool and I got into it and then I started studying it in university and worked at the research farm. That's so cool. Yeah. That's pretty young to be like getting into that, you know? I was just like an introverted teenager. There's a big difference between the theory of agriculture being this tool for positive change and actually doing the kind of agriculture that makes that change happen. I asked Susanna about the potential for that dissonance between the concept versus the labor-intensive reality of farming. I think that happens with everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. When you want yeah. something to, want to, like, be a part of something, you you can kind of, like, over-inflate the good things and underestimate, like, some of the negative parts of it. I mean, I think farming is, like, a very sensory and, like, sensual thing, which is cool, and it's... Uh, yeah, working outside, which is great until it's challenging and terrible at times. Um, yeah, for sure. I think in the line of work that we do in terms of rural economic development and connecting like the opioid crisis and trying to get them on farms, I think, I think we sometimes underestimate the diversity of skills and just straight drive and determination it takes to be a farmer and also kind of emotional fortitude at times. Uh, I think sometimes those things get underestimated for farmers. But it is like, I mean, it's totally, there are days where, yeah, it does feel like incredibly romantic and lovely. And then other days it feels like all of the shit is falling apart and you have like no control over anything. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's really where the kind of emotional fortitude comes in or like those swings and um, how the work feels at times. So how did you get connected to this land? So I had lived in Fayetteville. I used to actually live 
right down the road. And so I would drive past the farm all the time. And I was, at that point, I was farming. I was leasing land in the next county over. So I had sold at the farmer's market and like known people in the community. And I knew, I knew the resource coordinators and they started calling me as I was finishing up. I left here and went back to grad school. And as I was finishing up my program, they were starting to like reach out to me and ask me questions about what they should do. Uh, and I was like, why don't you just hire me? And they did hire her. Farming isn't one of those professions that requires a grad degree. So I asked what inspired her to go back to school. What I told myself in going back to grad school, which I never thought I would do, I mostly loathed my university experience. Um, was that, okay, I'm gonna get my master's and I'm gonna get like the highest paying job that I can and I'm gonna do that for a few years and I'm gonna like buy my little farm. And that's oh. like what I was telling myself. Oh, cool. That was not what happened, but I think this is, uh, this is a pretty good alternative. In some ways, like, you have a fair amount of, like, security and autonomy here, it seems like. I have. Like, they give me, um, nobody has been like, let's workshop your idea about the farm design or, like, really even how to spend money because, like, they can't really say whether that's good, mm -hmm. like, what decisions I'm making are good or bad. Right. So they give me, like, I don't get any shit for that. Um, but ultimately, I can't go spend money without permission, without presenting things to a board. And the commission is a political entity that the leadership and the interests of the leadership and the priorities of the folks on the commission changes. And that can impact the project because ultimately they can say, we don't want to do this anymore. And they can make that decision and they could give grant money back and they could tell encourage Farmland Protection Board to just sell the property to whoever and put the easement on it and kind of wash their hands of it. So I felt insecure in that way, right. like knowing that I was working really hard to make this project go and then knowing the potential that the political dynamics of the commission could change and the lease is only, you know, ultimately 10 years. And that's how I ended up linking up with the Agrarian Trust and starting the Commons as a reaction to that kind of insecurity around, like, what does this look like long term? Yeah, I hear that a lot. And it's just like a weird, insecure feeling. You don't want to invest in hoop houses and build a structure on this property, spend a huge portion of the capital just so it could get torn down in like two years when the lease is up, you know? Yeah, that's like a lot of what the commons, you know, they, they were familiar with those stories too. And I think the idea, what this project, the original idea was that it would be a typical incubator farm where it's like small plot rentals. That's kind of at odds with what it takes to develop a farming operation. I think you can learn some stuff on that scale and in that time frame, but in terms of folks that are like, ready and committed to developing an operation, it doesn't really feel compatible. And so I think the, the commons model is, can we change the landscape scale as well as the time scale? If you listen to the episode about land, you know that part of what we talk about in this show is the idea of land being a commodity that can be bought and sold and questioning that idea. 
The agrarian commons that Susanna is referencing here works to transition land from private ownership to local community-governed commons, so it can be farmed and stewarded in ways that benefit the community and the environment, and continue to be managed in that way for generations to come. And so we have the potential of leasing the property for 99 years, you know, and that that's the kind of security I think it takes. Um, yeah. And know that, you know, like the idea is that it stays a farm in perpetuity and whether that's you or your family or some other person coming in and building off of some of the initial operation and set up. I think that feels good to a lot of folks that want to farm and believe in the change that it can create in communities by having farms. Yeah, absolutely. It's a long-term thing. But 99 years, is that what the lease is now? So we're currently in a fundraiser to purchase the property. Oh, from, really? Yeah. So That's awesome. Yeah, and just like really, like sometimes it feels so like logistics and operational, but then there's moments where it's like, holy shit, this is incredibly humbling that people are like giving us money because they believe in what we're doing and people in our community are just showing up in that way. And that like, it feels, it feels really nice to, when I get to take the moment to reflect on that, so. And I want to talk about the local community here and what you think sustainable agriculture can do for your community. How is it related in your mind to social justice in this community? I think around here, it's like a lot of rural communities, the places to congregate and engage in I don't know, either just strictly leisure, recreational, or like service. It's the church or a bar, and that's kind of like what exists in rural communities. And so I think it's just like nice to feel that there's an alternative space for people to congregate and work together on something and meet other folks. Um, and it feels like a neutral space. It feels like sharing work out here like doesn't feel charged, it feels like a neutral ground in a lot of ways, especially as things feel like more polarized and yeah, I don't know, there's just being very careful and intentional around who you interact with or who's canceled in your world um, because of whatever. Uh, I think that's just like a very simple, healthy thing for a community to have more spaces like that. Um, so I hope that we can kind of play that role yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the benefits, right, of thinking about, like, development of the local economy. And around here, uh, there's so much talk about economic development because our leadership, um, all of their attention went towards support of the coal industry and the ability for them to come in and be incredibly profitable and have good paying jobs, also like externalize a lot of costs that um, create a negative impacts in the region. And I think that we're looking at how do we have local means of production and consumption. And I think that those are just kind of like systems of mutual aid and care and our ability to respond to the specific needs of our community. It creates the infrastructure and capacity to do that around food. Yeah. I don't know, that felt like a, a lot of rainbow. No, not at all. I mean, you hit on a bunch of different things, right? There's a food access part, but then also, like, you touched on something that we don't even talk about much, which is the community part of social justice, right? Like, I feel like when I ask that question a lot, like, the first thing that comes to mind is the food security aspect of it. 
But I mean, a thriving, healthy community is also having a neutral space for people to kick it, be outside, like. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to have that included in your idea of social justice, right? Yes. Ultimately, how you create social change, um, it's a, a change in our mentality and it's a change in our ability to communicate. And if we can't say, hey, these are people that I'm like problematic in terms of maybe their politics and some of their ideas, but in this space I can find a way to have a meaningful engagement and sometimes I think that that's like a lot of where we get hung up in our ability to kind of push the conversation forward is because we like shut down all the time and get like really angry when people don't understand what we're trying to say and we're not practiced in communicating uh, our experiences and I don't know. Yeah, you can feel attacked. Yeah. Misunderstood and like that feels shitty and just makes you not want to talk at all. Yeah, I think it's easier to dismiss folks, especially if you don't have any type of other relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You can other them really easily, but if you're like, oh, you know what, like we did that one thing together and we worked on this thing and you know, we do have shared values around food and ag and yeah, maybe it's like worth it to keep kind of like digging in with somebody around um, a different set of issues. When we talked, Susanna and the team were in the process of fundraising to purchase the land through the West Virginia Agrarian Commons so that New Roots would be able to continue to farm regardless of the local political situation. The community really showed up, and they were able to reach their goal and purchase the land. And the partnership with the Agrarian Commons will ensure that the important community development work continues and the team can truly invest in the soil. Next time on The Farmers I Know, we're heading west, like really west, like west coast west, to talk to Ashley Johnson Geese, the founder of Brown Girls Farm in Hayward, California. Don't forget to give the show some love by rating and subscribing. Follow along on The Farmers I Know journey on Instagram, at The Farmers I Know. Thank you so much for listening.